Welcome to Sister Stories, curious investigation of the lives of amazing women of the world. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. I travel the world to meet amazing women and really I'm curious to learn their stories about business and life so they can share them with you. Today I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana and I get to meet Kathy on her home turf. Kathy, introduce yourself to your new sister friends. Um, my name is Kathy Free, and I'm the CEO and President of the Indiana State Museum and Historic Sites. And the crowd goes wild. Woo! <laughs> well, I happen to know Kathy's background because she is very close to my family and friends here in Indianapolis, my hometown. And Kathy has had an amazing career uh, coming up through the interactive learning and museum business, really, and really being an innovator. So let's go back a little bit, Kathy, and share with people, you know, how do you get to be the the head of a big museum in a major metropolitan area. Tell us a little bit about your path. So it's interesting, things that happen in your life, you don't realize just how important they are, usually until you need them. Um, I was an actress as a child, so that has actually become very handy um, when you have interviews on television where you're talking about exhibits, that type of thing. So it can go way back and things you'll pull forward with you. So never take any experience for granted because you might need it. Um, for me, a summer job is what launched me into this career. I had a choice. I could work for my father, weeding gardens and sweeping sidewalks, literally cleaning attics, and I really wasn't interested in doing that. Um, I called a friend and said, I really need a job, and she had been at the Children's Museum of Indianapolis the summer before, and she said, hey, um, I'm not going back. I'll have my mom make a call, who is a member of the board, and see if she can get you a job. And I had a six-minute interview, and I stayed for 14 and a half years. Wow, wow. Well, I know I know a lot about the Children's Museum of Indianapolis, but tell people listening around the world a little bit about it because it has always been just a hotbed of innovation and new ideas in the museum business. Absolutely. The Children's Museum of Indianapolis is the largest children's museum in the world. Um, it is an unusual children's museum. It's one of the few collecting institutions, so they have a collection of over 100,000 objects. So they really combine what you know and love about a children's museum with imagination and play, and then actually use objects in addition to that. So really they've been innovative in how exhibits are produced um, in terms of making sure things are the curatorial side with the education side. Um, and the design are all inter intertwined, and today you'll note that that's how um, almost every museum operates, that it's all about integrated learning, which is the thing that I've really used um, throughout my career. Right, and that's what I think is, is curious to me. So tell me what's happening in museums, because I think when I was a kid, and I'm dating myself now, you know, way back, way back when I was a kid, uh, museums were less interactive, and they were more things behind glass, et cetera. But now it seems like all the different museums are really trying to focus more on the interaction and the experience. So it's interesting, we do actually in terms of verbiage we use, our vocabulary, we've changed using here at the Indiana State Museum and historic sites that we develop experiences, not exhibits. Um, and the idea behind that is we used to be the keepers of knowledge and this was a place where you could come to see a one of a kind or try out some new technology. Um, that is now in your pocket. You can Google about anything. Um, you can pull up about anything. And um, we find ourselves sort of on the other side of the fence. So we are the place where 
um, kids dating myself used to go to the basement or the garage or um, write a lot of books or that type of thing. Now we're the place, we're the basement, we're the garage where you come in and in, in, interact with things and experience things in a way that you really don't think to do anymore. Um, so much of it has become virtual in our everyday lives that I believe museums are the place where they're very social, you have a lot more social interaction. Um, we ask that you not text each other, that maybe you discuss what you're looking at or experiencing. Um, and it may be with a stranger, it may be with someone who works here who's working on the floor. Um, it may be with a child, it may be with a grandparent, but I believe museums are gonna be one of the few places left where you actually socialize with one another in a way that we used to do out of necessity. But now we're engaging people to really look at the world around them and also look at how they fit into that world. And I'm curious, do they still have lots of school groups and all that? Like in the day, again, um, it was always a big deal to get to get on the bus and go downtown to the Indiana State Museum uh, to see the stuff. Um, but now with the interactive format, do we still have a lot of programming where the kids can really come and, and learn and interact? Absolutely, and it's always about learning. Um, but what we're teaching you to do is to learn how to learn, right? So to be curious, to ask questions. Um, maybe we'll spark something um, in your imagination that you didn't even know you were interested in. Time and time again, you'll see that when people come to museums, they find things that they're interested in that they didn't know about or hadn't been exposed to for some reason. Um, I am biased, I will tell you that um, cutting back on field trips is kind of like cutting back on the arts and recess. Um, these are all human needs. These are all how people learn and experience things. Um, something I was talking about with the Indianapolis um, Arts Council the other day was that you really want your, your colleagues and the people who work with you um, at every level to be thinking creatively, to be working effectively, to be thinking about what the next interesting thing is or how they can do the best they can do with their job. Um, and the way you get people to do that is to expose them to new ideas and to things. And so museums really are becoming more and more important in a way people don't realize we are because we're putting people together and exposing them to ideas and things that they're not going to get anywhere else. It sounds like a very good corporate field trip actually, not only for the kids but really just for anyone who's learning and growing and, and looking at new things in new ways. When you live in a world where they tell you that they don't know what the jobs will be for the next generation, um, that sounds a little terrifying, but it also is a place where we can help make a difference because we're not gonna teach you um, exactly what happened in Indiana in 1813. What we're gonna teach you is to learn and to think and to be curious about what was happening in society at the time, um, what kind of technology was available, because there was technology, we just didn't think it was technology the way we do today. Um, how does that affect who I am and where I am today? Why is that important? And that can be any number of things. Um, so kids don't need to have knowledge in terms of hard, cold facts. Um, they need to understand how to put those facts into context, how to take information and use it to their benefit and use it to get them to think and problem solve. And that is something that every job is going to require regardless of what it is you're doing. So I can just see the passion in, your, in yourself and your expression about this. I know you're involved with 
other people that lead museums all over the world. I know you've been chosen for some pretty prestigious societies in your industry. Is this the same that's happening worldwide? Are you seeing this trend of, you know, really a place to think and to build community? Is that everywhere or are you guys really taking the lead? There are um, 120 of us that were privileged to go through the Noyce Foundation program. Um, it's a year-long fellowship and really um, what we were challenged to do was to think about our own industry in a different way. And that was that we don't have to just be a place with objects or things, but that we can be a place in the community, that we can go out to the community as well as bring the community in. And absolutely, it's a worldwide trend in museums. Science centers have become larger and larger, but they've also expanded the scope of what they're doing. Um, art museums have expanded the scope of what they're covering and what they're doing. Um, we want to be sure that people are lifelong learners. In fact, that's one of our um, part of our new mission, because you don't just go to school for the 12 years of your life or for the you know the 18 years or however long you're in school. I have a nephew in medical school. He's going to be there a long time, but he's going to be in the world and working for a long time. And that's why they have continued education. Um, that's why you have to go to seminars and go to workshops. But we're kind of that continued education for the world you live in what's happening, what's relevant, what's your role in that world, and how can I make a difference? We also like to ask people, and thank you so much for sharing your story today. So first, did you go to college for this? Did you come up through the uh, how to run an interactive lifelong learning museum? Or what did you study that prepared you for this other than being an actress? Um, what I think was really important was that I was not a big school person. I tried to kill my father, but we both got through it. Um, but I was very active in school government, and I was, you know, helped start homecoming at my high school. Um, it was a very small school. We'd never had sort of a big homecoming before. Um, so really, there's all kinds of places to learn in the schools and in your communities. And I really encourage people to recognize, again, that school is a component of your education. Um, but as my father likes to say, never let education get in the way of learning. Um, and really looking out into the world and taking everything as an experience that you can use later in life. Mm -hmm. um, and that is starting things, working with people, um, recognizing that all of us can make a difference and that we should. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well then we'd like to ask, you know, kind of a true thing. As I explained to everyone, people see you and you're in a top job and you're a woman and then they think, oh, it was so easy for Kathy, piece of cake, you know, and I know the truth about that with you, but I'd like you to share with our listeners and viewers today, when it was tough, what are some things that you learned that you might share with other women who are, you know, working hard to do it all? Um, Interesting, there was a position I thought I, I wanted, but I do believe everything happens for a reason because this actually, this position is a complete combination of all of my professional experience and became available. And um, my husband said to me, you never know the difference a day can make. And sure enough, um, the next day I got an email from one of the board members here recruiting me for this position. Um, so I really recognized that sort of all those platitudes and cliches that people talk about um, one person said to me, you know, whenever a door closes and open, you know, a window opens, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, it actually does. So it's, it's making sure that you don't let life overwhelm you and that it's a path. Um, and all of those things, you're like, yeah, 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 till you're in it. Um, and it's, it's a chance to remind yourself that there, there is more to life than that thing you think you need to get. 
and that chances are you're going to get the thing that you should rather than the thing you think you should get. And that has happened to me over and over again. Um, I've had several opportunities that um, I turned left instead of right, and it turned out to be the right thing to do. Well, I'm so glad for the entire state of Indiana that you're in this job, although I did want you to come get a museum job in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> so I could move you and your very best friend of mine, husband, out to the Rockies. Um, however, I know that fate needed you here in Indiana, so um, we're so pleased about that. So what are you excited about now? I'm setting you up for something I know that you're working on, but I think it's so important, some of the messages and some of the education you're bringing to the world with some of the new exhibits you're working on. What we also are really focused on in our new strategic plan, and museums you'll find, we talk about it over and over again as being relevant. And it's really for us um, as a profession to look externally into the community and where is it and how is it we can make a difference. And currently we're looking at how we can make a difference in the opioid crisis. Um, health crises are not new um, to the United States, they're not new to the world. Um, this one happens to be the one the United States is, finds itself in, but we also had the AIDS crisis. Um, we've been in, in similar situations in the past, but if you think about it, those are different generations. And so how can we help people think about what it means to be in a crisis, what it means to have an epidemic, and how everyone can help make a difference in getting through that, but that it does take all of us. So you will see more and more, and, and I believe museums of the future will be constantly looking at how we can help put the world in context for you, because so much of our world gets thrown at us, um, but we don't understand where we fit in or how we can make a difference, and museums can really help give you that opportunity to take a step into a topic and really look at it and better understand it so that you can see how you can make a difference or not find yourself there. Right, it's such a scary thing. You know, I don't know as much, of course, as you do by being in the middle of this, but just when you hear some of the facts and figures about who the people are who are suffering from all kinds of prescription drug overdoses and all kinds of, of drug use and their moms in the suburbs, they're, um, you know, you and me on the streets, and it's very, very scary. So I hope that this exhibit and your outreach and your education, you know, if it saves one person, you've done a bigger job. And we've helped people really look at um, what has been looked at before as something you can just pull yourself up. So mental health um, is near and dear to me. My parents and my grandfather were all psychiatrists, and when you see how we handle mental health, um, we really need to stop and take a look at recognizing that those are diseases, um, they're brain diseases, and we need to recognize that and help people recover from those in the same way that we manage any other disease, whether it's diabetes or um, your blood pressure or your cholesterol. We need to help people manage these types of diseases as well and not just dismiss them because they feel um, as if they shouldn't be, but they are. And the DNA is there, and the testing is there, and we all need to start treating each other um, more like humans and having a lot more empathy for each other. Well, you could really feel the kindness in your approach to this, Kathy. And on behalf of the world, we'd like to say thank you. We can't wait to see what the museum does and also what you do with this in the world. And so we uh, like to ask everyone to make a global statement for women. And the purpose here really is just to kind of sum up maybe something from your path that you would give as advice to a sister, some woman in the world that's just seeking kind of their next or seeking some help on their journey. What would you say is your global statement? Uh, keep looking forward. Um, because there is always something right around the corner 
no matter how dark it gets, there will always be another opportunity and it will be the one you should have, not the one you want. Perfect. Well, I think, you know, as someone who's watched your career bloom and have seen you go through the thick and thin, the good and bad, I am so glad that that worked out that you got really the perfect job, not only for you, but for the entire state of Indiana with your dedication, your talent, your network, your fresh perspective, your years of experience in interactive learning. And again, I call you out for all those years at the Children's Museum. I have fond memories of bringing my daughter when she was a little and my sister's children when they were little um, to your beautiful museum, your great work at Connor Prairie and all the innovation you did there. And now your amazing work here as an innovator for the Indiana State Museum and the historical uh, complex here, it's amazing. So we so appreciate you being on the show. Um, would you give some contact information? People might be super curious about your museum and want to know a little bit more. Absolutely, it's um, indianamuseum.org and you can contact me through the information line there if you're interested in um, getting some very free advice. Um, but we also have lots of opportunities and activities and things and if we are the crossroads of America. So if you find yourself in Indiana, you should definitely stop and see one of our 12 locations. Well, this has been an amazing sister story that I've wanted to capture for many, many years. Thank you for taking time to enjoy these stories of women all over the world that have just real tips from the trenches of living it out, living the dream um, for your life and for your business. Please share these sister stories with your friends as we all help each other live our best lives and make a difference in the world. This is your host, Betsy Wiersma. Thank you for listening to Sister Stories, part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. We are women who amplify our voices and are committed to inspiring people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more, globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.